Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Bump. Today, we're going to be talking about traveling with kids, um, and we do have a bit of a disclaimer, (laughs) a bit of a confession to make because this is actually the second time we're recording this episode. The first time we recorded it, would you say three or so days? Yeah, three days after I got back from um, travelling in New Zealand in a van with the three kids and we all had the flu. So when we recorded it, I said to Sophie, I think this is the most depressing <laughs> travelling episode anyone's ever going to listen to and we actually need to redo it because it's going to sound like you never want to travel with your children. Well, we listened back to it and it made you question whether you ever wanted children, <laughs> let alone tra- should travel with children. Maybe. And that's not how we feel. I mean, it's it's hard at times but we, um, we do thoroughly enjoy travelling with our kids. So we listened to it back and we thought, oh, God, this is not yeah the vibe the we longer were going the longer for. i i went on and forgot all those harder moments the the good moments came in and i was like oh yeah oh i mean you had a tough trip but you've had other amazing awesome, trips so awesome trip like we'll still touch on new zealand but i think we should um do an overall. We should talk more about more successful trips yes, as well. I and agree. Why they were successful and why this one was more difficult, um, rather than just <laughs> focusing on that and using it as a therapy session. It was more like a. Th- it, was it was more like therapy. a venting therapy. You for were asking you. me like, "How are you? How did you go?" And I was like, "It was." But it is the worst thing I could ever do. I have ever done. The ages sucked. The weather sucked. This sucked. That sucked. Right. I was checking my husband's pulse. Okay, so we're not we're not going there. This is going to be a much more realistic, positive outlook on travelling with kids. So I think um, maybe a good place to start is maybe if we both give a bit of a recap on the age of our kids and the trips we've done and. Um, mm-hmm. you know what what was good about certain ages what was good about certain trips and then we'll go more into like general questions yes, we've got we both get asked a fair bit different mm. questions um about tips for traveling with kids so we've jotted them down and we'll answer the most common ones as well and everyone you know every parent and child is different when they're traveling so what may work for us may not work for other people and i've seen a lot of people on social media and other areas that um are doing really cool stuff so perhaps we can shed some light on you know caravanning and you know a few other bits that we've been seeing as well yeah we thought it was probably a good time to chat about it too coming into the festive season and the longer school holidays because we figure a lot of people are going to be no don't you Um, can't incorporate that into every episode we thought it was a good time to cover it because um you know lots of people will be doing travel at this time so Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, um, why I don't you start? I'm going to start. You can. Okay. Um, the biggest one that I did was in. Um, it was a few years ago. We went to Europe. We went to Paris, and um, Billy was eleven months old, and Mia was. 16 months older than that so what what would that have made a doctor 27 months old so just over two just over two so I am a very organized person I prepped and planned as much as I could and we went on the plane I think one of the good things is if you have a baby not a child that sits up but a baby so probably until or what would you say, six months, mm. the bassinet in front of the seat in an international flight is quite useful because if you want to have your hands free, you can just pop them in there. The only downside to that is whenever there's turbulence, they ask you to take the baby out of the bassinet mm. and you hold them. Mm. Um, we did actually use the bassinet Mm. for our 11-month-old. I don't know how that happened, but they let us. It's got to do with weight. And um, she did play, like she sat up there and played a little bit, but she did not sleep in the bassinet. Yeah, look, I personally think the bassinet, um, the stress people put on the bassinet, I think the bassinet as a whole is completely overhyped. I think that it is... Like it's so much smaller than any bassinet you'd have at home and most bassinets you'd have at home the baby only fits into Mm. until about six months anyway. I think because of the size of it, there's so few babies that can fit into it. Then, as you said, the turbulence and then... I know that it's more stress than what I, it's I just think. Yeah, and I think that um, a lot of people put a lot of pressure on getting that seat with the bassinet. And I think really if... If your baby sleeps on you for the whole flight, it's still a successful flight. Um, Yeah, I think the best thing about getting the bassinet is that to have a bassinet, you must be in the front row, which means you have extra leg room. I think I would put my energy into trying to have you know, trying to request an up-the-front seat for the extra leg room more than the bassinet And itself. use the bassinet to put all the toys and junk that, yeah. you know, you need to store because Mia ended up playing on the floor yeah. most of the time yeah. and it was so good because we had that little bit extra yeah. for her to bring out her toys and yeah. just move around and not have to go up and down the aisle. Oh, for sure. We just put a – we yeah, for our longest flight we um, had the three seats with the extra leg room and we just put a bag on each end. Yeah. And she could crawl and to how old she? she was a poppy was 11 months old okay. um not quite walking but she would like yeah. crawl to and fro and play and like whatever that i'm sure there's germs all over yeah. that floor but it, it it was really good for for a daytime of flight course. especially and look, i think the one thing with with traveling is i know i say this in every episode i think but like please do not go in there with these expectations that your flight is going to be absolutely perfect. You're going to make your child sleep, eat and watch a movie. You're going to make sure that you'll be able to read a book. Just throw all the things that you would think would be a good thing out the window and go, this could be really full on. Mm. They might not sleep at all. They might be running up and down. And Mm. to me, in my head, every time I travel now, I just think I'm going to do whatever I can 
to to make everyone happy on the plane and then when we're off, there's my rest time. Yeah. So if I have that mentality, I'm not overstressing myself mm. because I know that, you know, it's it's probably going to be chaos, you know, 11-month-old wanting to bum shuffle down the mm. thing and me is screaming mm. and, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, I like whenever I talk to people about travelling with kids, whether it's about the plane or the trip in general, I just say it's all about expectations yeah. and, you know, anything that you can experience with your child at home, you can experience while you're travelling, um, but, but it could be worse because mm. you're not in your comfort zone and that's okay because the um because because the memories you get all make it so so worth it but things aren't suddenly easier because you're on vacation and i just think that um i think this is a big thing we harped on about when we recorded this the first time is that yeah that 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 flight is a success you should go into it thinking this flight is a complete success if I spend every minute of it entertaining you. And that should kind of be your, like, your your base. Like that, that should be your expectation and anything above that. So any nap, any sleep, any, you know, I mean, if you're into tablets or whatever, any time that they sit there, not tablets as in medication, <laughs> tablets as in iPads, <laughs> we'll leave the finergan up to the listeners, um, you know, any time that they just sit with an iPad or a phone or a book or colouring in yeah. or their toy is just extra on top of that. Absolutely. And if you spend, yeah, what, however many minutes hours the flight goes for entertaining them as much as that is exhausting that should be seen as a successful flight and also the memory the funniest thing about all this the hardest times of my single travel experiences with my partner and my child um, travel trips every memory that I have has always been a either you know, a crazy moment on a plane, we've got seriously sick. But these are the stories that we tell everyone. These are the ones that we remember. So as, you know, painful at the time as they may be, I tell you what, you come home and you are telling those stories for the rest of your life. Yeah. So it is, you know, yeah, I just think lower your expectations, get on that plane. If you're going to have a shit time, just remember that you're going to get off in, you know, what, maximum 24 hours if you're going to Europe and then you can, you know, start your holiday. Yeah. It's getting you from A to B, yeah. doing what you can and not stressing yourself out. But I look back now and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe before I had Poppy that I used to whinge about layovers and stuff like that because I'm just like, you just have a nap in a chair somewhere or, like, you read a book. Like, now I'm like, that's bliss. So I remember <laughs> when when we left the girls for the first time ever, Mia was, I think, three and Billy was a little bit younger and Harry and I went to New York for two weeks. Wow. We sat on that plane and we looked at each other. We were between two big, big people and we just smiled and we were like, I don't care that we don't have leg space. I don't care that we don't have anything. Like we don't have a child on our lap. 
you can read your book. I can watch a movie, an entire movie yeah. on my own, and it is fabulous. So yeah. it does make you appreciate those There tricks. you go. <laughs> there is a plus. I found a perk. Travel with your kids so then you um, enjoy traveling with <laughs> on your, your partner. Yeah. That's so funny. And also I think that um, I think another tip for the flight is – don't go onto the flight armed with two novels for yourself, um, seven podcasts yes, downloaded. Yes, Harry, who except, that? Except for Beyond the Bump. You can pre-download oh, us. Definitely. Um, In fact, give that to the kids. They'll <laughs> love to listen to it. They'll learn a thing or two. Yeah. Um, you know, like just don't go on setting yourself up for that kind Fair of disappointment. Enough. And then and it just means you're lugging around more and you're, you're taking stressed. up space that – could have your fight with your partner like I said to Harry why are you even bothering packing that novel you're yeah. not going to read a page yeah. and he's like oh but what? I'm like no you'll stress yourself out because you can't pick it up and open mm. it because mm. you've got to have a kid mm. yeah so um that was I do have to mention this because it was one of those uh, moments that we will never forget I was juggling the two. This is your Europe trip. This is my Euro Euro trip. My Euro (laughs) trip that was not Euro. Um, I was down the back of the plane and I was trying to get Billy to sleep and Harry had Mia and they were very, very mummy, mummy, mummy at this time. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to rock one of them to sleep and then I'd switch and then I'd switch back and then this air hostess came down and she puts her hand on my shoulder and goes, ma'am, your husband's crying. And I went, I double took her. I was like, wait, what? And I stormed down the um, passageway and I looked at him and he was, I'm not joking, he had an absolute anxiety attack. He, I, He's only cried once when someone died. In 12 years I've never seen him cry except that time and the time on this plane and he had tears down his face. He was beside himself because he is a very anxious person with making people around him feel comfortable. Oh, yeah, you just can't on a plane. You cannot. And because he couldn't console Mia while I was trying to console uh, Billy, yeah. he, yeah, it, it got too much yeah. and the pressure was too much. And he, he did, he just broke down. And you're in such a confined capsule oh, that sure. you you can't relax. You And, I mean, I think that's a huge thing that you can't um, – worry about what anyone else around you is thinking I mean like if you're doing your job as a parent like I don't like when I'm on a plane and I see parents let them let their feral children scream and they're shouting and they're literally just ignoring them yeah or they've got their own headphones on (laughs) if people can see that you're actually trying to parent and that's all people expect from you like if you decided to start sleep training just before you left for your holiday and you're letting your child just cry it out. The cry out Pro- Probably in the recommend that in the bassinet on the plane. But I think I totally agree. I think if you're doing your best to console them, that is enough. Um, if people, like, yeah, most people on a plane have had a child or just they, they understand that You've children cry on the plane mm. And if they don't, well, then if they don't have compassion, they're not the dickhead that has to deal with the child anyway. Exactly. And most of the time, anyone travelling without kids on a plane, 90% of them will have noise-cancelling headphones. And if they've got a problem with it, then they deserve to listen to the pain of the child screaming. So, (laughs) you know, play on. Play on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you you definitely can't. 
you definitely can't worry about what anyone else is thinking because you'll just send yourself into a spin or like Harry have a Meltdown. Meltdown. Poor love. How, so, and then, so, so how was that trip with the girls? That's a long way with It was a really long way. And then toddlers. we, well, we actually, we stopped at, um, yeah, we had like a, only a few hours stopover in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm still trying to work out whether it's better to have a, an overnight stopover to break it up or do you just leg it and get there? Yeah. And, to be honest, we just wanted to get there. We didn't yeah. want to stuff around with getting your bags out and going here and there. So especially when you're going, yeah, you're going on a holiday. Yeah. So what we did was we waited a few hours. The kids just sort of slept in a pram and we ate some food. I felt horrendous. I think I started getting a headache. And we got back on the second plane. Second plane didn't have the bassinet, but we didn't really need it anyway because yeah. I think it was now eight hours or mm. whatever it is from mm. Dubai. And um, when we finally got there, we already had organised a shuttle. And this mm-hmm. is where organisation skills yeah. come in. Make it easier on yourself yeah. to have everything there ready yeah. to go. You do not want to have to worry about yeah. getting a car, finding someone who will take you where, have it all ready to go so you can literally pick up your bags, see that person with your sign, and he can drive you to wherever you need to be. Then you can unpack, start your trip. Yeah. So when we did arrive, it was great. It took a little, you know, a few nights for Billy to settle, but, um, well, we'll talk about jet lag in a second, but overall... They had an awesome time. We yeah. hired a car, so in between, like Italy, we went. We ended up going Paris, Italy, Amsterdam for Christmas. Yeah, and yeah, it was unreal. We had the yeah. best time ever. Was it hard? Absolutely, but was it worth it? Absolutely. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear because I've just been one of those people. Like we've done a fair bit of traveling with Poppy, but it's mainly been in Australia. Um, and the furthest flight we've done with her is Japan. Mm. And not because I'm that scared of being on a plane with her. Like she's she's generally pretty calm and fine. It's more just like I just feel like there's a lot of great places to visit near Australia and I just haven't got the urge yet to just like to do your with a child like I don't I, but, but you know reckon it was so worth I don't it. well at the same time I think Australia is a damn good country to yeah. travel with children it's close to home you do cancel out all those long plane trips yeah and we now that we have three 100% Australia only for now <laughs> yeah. there, there is no yeah. Yeah. There's no need to yeah. do overseas with them. And I think because you can get so many different versatile types of holidays. They want to camp. They yeah. want to, you know, they want to run around, explore. They don't want to go to the Louvre. No. They don't want. But at that age when we took them, it was okay because they don't have yeah. a say in anything. They just sort of eat and just yeah. bum shuffle around or yeah. crawl. Go to, oh, they had amazing parks in Paris. Yeah. Incredible parks. Yeah, so, you imagine. know, we'd wake up, get a croissant at like five in the morning. Yeah. Go down to the park. They play. Then we do something for us. Come back yeah. for naps. It was. It was awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It was yeah. great. And it was cold. So we okay. had to rug up. And what other trips have you done with your kids? Um, so we did, we do a lot of Melbourne because I'm from Melbourne yeah. originally. So we've done snow trips. Yeah. And um, I think we've. How yeah. do you find the snow with 
little ones? Like, what do you think? What what age can they like go into possum club yeah, that's and stuff right. like that? Look, we're big snow people, so we yeah. like to go every year if we can. But I think that let's go next year. Yeah, we actually should. Let's yeah. do a podcast on the top. Yeah, top of the mountain. Yeah, or yeah, in our bikinis no, on no, the top no. of the mountain on the chairlift. <laughs> yeah, we can only record in like four minute um, increments. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, seriously though, um, when we travel to the snow, I find that. It's hard for my girls to adapt because we live alone, they, mm. and it is so the opposite in temperature yeah. that they hate wearing all the layers yeah. that are used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they complain about yeah. it being cold. Um, they really only like tobogganing. Yeah. Um, from you know, um, I guess one to. Was yeah. the best time. Saying that, I know a lot of people start their children yeah, around yeah. three or four yeah. and get them into um, the ski school, yeah. which is great. I did that. Yeah. Um, and next year, I think Mia and Billy will do it because yeah. they're uh, five and six. Yeah. So I think that'll be a great yeah. age for them to start doing something like and it that. It is good. I mean, if you're a family that loves it, it's so good to start them before they have that sense of fear. Yeah. I mean, I went to the snow for the first time when I was. I've only been about three or four times now, but it was early days with Nick and I. Mm. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, you know, you watch the possums, which are like, if you haven't been to the snow before, it's like, yeah, literally three year olds. They don't even have ski poles just flying down the mountain. Just no fear. And I mean, if they fall, they're falling like a foot. Um, And I just remember thinking, oh my God, I so wish I started then rather than me at like 20, whatever years old, like cautious (laughs) Kathy, you know. Watch out with your poles on the outside trying to go down. No French fries or pizza, just like plowing my way down. And then like, you know, Nick's been doing it since he was so little. So Skiing or snowboarding? Uh, skiing and then in the last few years he's got into snowboarding um and he but I I was skiing it's not I I don't think I could ever snowboard I don't know something looking at I just like I don't think my body could work like I can't stand on a skateboard like I'm just that I can't travel side I can water ski I can ski I can do rollerblading I can do skating yeah like let's go straight but yeah I can't put my feet together okay hot shot yeah Ask me what I can't do. <laughs> um, yeah, and I remember the first time, it was like the second run I'd done and he took me on a blue run, which is like the second hardest <laughs> run. And he thought, because to him he's like, oh, it would be super scary as a new skier um, if it was really steep. But I didn't mind steep too much. My issue was the sides mm. because I didn't really know how to stop. Mm. So he took me on this really narrow but not that steep run thinking, oh, it's not that steep, she'll be fine, she's not going to pick up that much speed. But I was petrified because the sides just fell away and I was like, if I go sideways, I haven't really learnt to stop yet. Um and so that's one of those situations where you should probably learn with a ski instructor rather than your partner. I will say that. I agree. I was in Italy and I went snowboarding for the first time with Harry. He said, oh, it's easy, babe. You just like, if you can ski, you can snowboard. So stupidly I listened to him and he's like, quick, jump on the chairlift. We're going up the chairlift, 
halfway up, I'm like, babe, I don't know how, how to get off. And he's like, oh, it's easy, babe. You just like push up, slide off and go on. And I'm like, okay, anyway, what happens? <laughs> I get up, scream. Literally the... the Because the one of your feet's not attached. Yeah, but even so, I don't even know what to do. Because you know how you've got to edge into with a, yeah. to the snow with a snowboard. And if you go too far, you fall over or fall back. And I didn't know any of this. So I literally went snow, face planted into the snow. The chairlifts had to stop. Yeah, so And Harry just, sur- he snowboard surfs. <laughs> he snowboards by down there and then he turns around and he's like, Oh, babe, that was the one of the biggest fights we have <laughs> ever had and it was on the mountain. Yeah. I reckon everyone heard In it. front of everyone on the pause. I um, lost my cool. Let's just say that. Yes. So if, if you're new to the snow thing, get an instructor. But, yeah, I would say because we went to Japan when Poppy was 11 months and um, – we had heaps and heaps of fun, but obviously there wasn't like a Did whole. Did she like the snow? Heap. She didn't mind this. She actually really liked the snow, which okay. was great. I feel like mm. if you, yeah, I mean, like that was taking a risk because she could have hated it. I mean, mm. you know, we're mm. the same. We're from such a warm climate up here. But her one issue, I would say, if you're going with young ones to the snow, get suits that have all-in-one situations. Oh, yes. So like. She would crack it if we tried to put mittens on her, if we tried to put beanies on her, if we tried to put too many layers of socks on her. And then so the all-in-one suits at the snow were great because she didn't notice as you were kind of putting them on. With a thermal underneath? Yeah, we had thermals underneath. But when we were getting around in Japan more in the city and trying to rug her up, I had all these people coming up to me going because she would refuse to have a beanie Mm. on going, oh, she must be cold Mm. and like full judging me being like, oh, she should have mittens on or, you know, her head must be cold without the beanie. And I was just like, you fucking try and get a beanie on this kid. Like... You know, doesn't like, want a bar. No, didn't want a bar of it, and yeah, oh, oh, no. so many people can't think. Going, oh, sh- her top should be tucked into her pants. Not like those strangers that back. like to tell you how to parent. Yeah, what are those guys? Um, yeah, and so what other trips have you done? So then we did. <laughs> um, we've done a few other ones, like yeah. here and there, and they're all just yeah, fun, crazy, fun parent family times and um then we did the New Zealand one recently with three children and it was really really good (laughs) no look what happened as your nose grows (laughs) yeah what happened was um Mia was sick before we left and then unfortunately Billy got sick and then after that um, Harry became sick and then I became sick as well as Yumi and we we actually had the flu and the long I think each time, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Pierce. Each time that someone in your family gets the flu, it lasts longer. With... I don't think that's a thing, but sure. I googled it. Google said it's right. Okay, well then it must be true. Yeah, okay, yeah. we'll go with Google. Yeah. Not you. But anyway, it seemed to be that everyone, the next person, got this sickness longer. For longer. So of course, Harry and I got it for ten days out of the 14 days that we were travelling in a camper van around New Zealand, the South Island. In winter. In winter. And it was such a shame because we we have been unable to travel for a while having kids and moving house and doing a lot of things. So we were so excited. We put everything into planning and 
organising this trip. Oh, your Excel spreadsheet was a work of art. But saying that, just because you are organised, it doesn't mean any of that will go to plan. So I did have in the back of my mind, yes, this all looks fabulous, but you know, if it turns to shit, it turns to shit. I like, I just wanted to be prepared. Oh, no, no, no. I think there's something to be said about, I think you should definitely be organized before you go on a trip just with not kids. Anal. <laughs> <laughs> Do what it, every house a goal. <laughs> no, um, I think you should be organized before you travel with kids, but I don't think that, yeah, you can't put all the satisfaction of the trip down to whether those things all go to plan. You have to be flexible, but you should be organised, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, look, it was, I would like to do a caravan trip with a, like, in terms of the first year, um, six six weeks to five months would be an ideal time because Mm -hmm. they are sort of just sleep feeding, sleep feeding, they're not really having huge developmental periods. I mean, I know they are, but they're not like, I don't know, it's just different when you're travelling in a van with your whole family. <laughs> and you cried I just a lot. That you say that first five months, we're not going through <laughs> developmental periods. Like, um, I don't know, we're through about a billion. I'm going to have to disagree. I think I meant physio- like, I can't explain it. When, when she was. Like when she's home, she was fine. You feed, she goes through a development. You're at home in your bed and that's okay. You just, you go through it. When you're in a van and this happens and they're sick, you've got nowhere to run. Mm. So when we were driving and we had to drive, Mm. she was screaming in her little car seat, which Mm. made me angry because I don't think the ones that they give you are as safe as the ones we have at home. Mm. So I would personally suggest to take your own. Um, yeah, I, I think if you are going on a holiday where you are a road trip yeah. holiday, I would recommend taking your own They're used to it. Seat. You're used to it and yeah. comfortable. And you know, I, think, I think there's just so many um, bad stories about people rocking up at a rental car place and, you know, your child's six months old or older and all they have is a capsule or Mm. you know your child's used to a capsule and you've requested a capsule but all they've got is a front-facing car seat or there's no car seats I I just think there's it's it's uh, excuse me it's one of those things that oh maybe we should say now that when you travel with kids um ne- what are they called necessary items or something yes yeah, so what they're prams, prams car seats porta cots anything that a baby technically needs is free of charge um under the plane yeah. when you travel so so as much as it's another thing to lug around well not um, only just to check in only check just out. checking and check out um it, it's yeah, it's not going to cost you any extra in oversized baggage or anything No, and like if you're that. picking up the car, then it's in the car and you're done. Yeah. So I highly recommend that. Yeah. Um, that would have made me less angry. But I, but I think if you're going on a trip that's less driving orientated, it's oh, maybe yeah, no, not so much of a big deal. No. Yeah. I just – and then – so then we um, – yeah, we were travelling but because we were unwell – we weren't able to go to certain spots and do things and enjoy them. So we just, and it was still okay, we'd park in a beautiful area. Um, the weather was okay. We'd undo the door and <clears throat> pick a park in one of the 
Um, there's a few apps that we can mention later that help with um, caravanning around. They mm. have some good ones that are child-friendly. They have free camping spots. Mm. They have all these different options that you can choose. So because when we were sick, we decided let's just go to the ones that have playgrounds so the girls are occupied. Mm. And that worked. That was that was good. Um, yeah, then I think, I, honestly, if we weren't sick, it would have been a completely different trip. It's just yeah. that we all had no energy. We had fevers. We yeah. were hot and cold. It was a very intense time. Like, fortunately, Harry and I worked really well together in that confined um, space because I thought he was just going to flip his lid having to deal with that and man flu, like, you know, mm. how bad man flu mm. is. Um, oh, my God, my dog just farted. Oh, my God, it's so bad. It's so bad. Lee, oh, my God. We're downwind. Okay. Just breathe through your mouth. <laughs> I thought my nose. It wasn't me. (laughs) I thought my nose was blocked, but apparently it's working just fine. Mm. Who needs Vicks? Okay, so um, for me personally, um, the baby at uh, how old was she? Six months. Six months. Probably not the best time because she was just really out of sorts, or maybe she just doesn't like travelling. I don't know. But the other two girls were brilliant. Yeah. Four and five or five and six or up, they just love it. it. They'll colour yeah. in while driving, they'll watch a movie. I think if you've got multiple kids, you maybe have to wait till they're of the age that they can, like, share a bed and go to sleep, you know. Like, you, you know when they're kind of in that toddler age, um, they're a lot more, like, for example, okay, so we did a similar trip when Poppy was about five or so months old oh yeah and look and we were in New Zealand and we went I think we went for about two weeks and um we went during winter as well um and it was fine but sleep was difficult so she was a very we'd kind of trained her to be quite an independent sleeper and then all of a sudden you know she would go to by that age she would go to sleep on her own in her own bedroom Mm -hmm. um and all of a sudden it was like, no, you're going to be in a little lounger in between Nick yeah. and I in you a bed, the same. snuggled in. I think that's something to be said. If you want to travel a lot. Breastfeed to sleep. Well, like <laughs> I just, I, I think that if you co-sleep, oh, travelling is so much easier. Yes. I mean like, you they know, fall asleep on the plane. There's, there's pros and cons to both. Like I that's love perk, that though. Poppy's such a good independent sleeper at home, but then when you travel, it's quite difficult because all of a sudden you're going, oh, new environment, um, you have to adapt to the dad. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, I think now she's getting better at if we popped her in our bed, she'd fall asleep next to us. You know, she's nearly two mm-hmm. now. So I feel like that kind of trip would already be in terms of sleeping yeah. a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and then from then on, I think it's a good trip for them because really? as you say they And they're enjoying it. I the the um little co-sleeper I bought before we went um it, we'll mention it later but that was good if the baby was going to be 0 to 5 months because you know how you were saying that Poppy didn't like to sleep 
next to you and yeah. like, I thought it'd be a good idea to put Yumi in one of these little things yeah. because she can have her own little thing. She was just too long for it. Yeah. I think the main thing is I think you can make anything work. I think that it's you've actually got to train them a bit before you go. So Camp um, on the lounge room floor. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you're going to travel somewhere where you're going to take the porticot a lot, um, before you go, get set up the mm-hmm. porticot in a different room of their house to their bedroom and start off by getting them to have their day naps there and then then every and then you know move to okay we, we're gonna get her to have her nighttime sleep in the porticot and get them used to it so that you're not all of a sudden like mm. you've flown somewhere you're in a different place you're in a different time zone and you're sleeping in a porticot and you're not in your bedroom so yeah. i think that's i think that really helps um <coughs> because like poppy for example now has had way more sleepovers like with her grandparents or something and she sleeps in a porticot with them now if we go and stay in a hotel and set her up in a bathroom with a porticot she's actually really used to it so i just think that if if we did it again that at that youngish age we were going to um try and get her to sleep between us in one of the lounger co-sleeper things i think it's just about training them rather than just going okay cold turkey change the way you sleep yeah um yeah yeah i agree with you there so what else have you where else have you been with Pops. Yeah, so we've done just like you, all our families in Melbourne. So we um, we have gone back and forth to Melbourne. I don't know how many times. Mm. Um, we actually went for the first time. I think when Poppy was two and a half weeks old, because Poppy's cousin um, and Nick and my Is first this niece. No, no, no. Um, Olivia. Oh. So Olivia's four days younger than Poppy. And, you know, we weren't planning on travelling back that fast, but she was born and, you know, my birth had gone really well and Poppy was great and especially Nick being his sister's daughter was just like we need to go and meet her and have the girls meet one another and it was truly special. And people at the time were like, you're crazy, like her immune system, Mm. da-da-da-da, she hasn't had her six-week immunisations. But, look, she was breastfeeding like a trooper I didn't have any worries with it we spoke to our midwife and obstetrician about it and they were happy for us to fly at that stage um and people were like yeah you're crazy but to be honest like that age is such an easy well not easy I mean it totally depends what your child's like but I think if you can get as much travel as possible done in that first year Mm. it is so good like if you can yeah, they're easier on the plane, especially if they're breastfed. Breastfed, they're so easy because if if they're upset or whatever, you can generally just whack a tit in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're formula or bottle feeding, you can, you know, you, oh, you can make that work. You can literally to, do anything to yeah to comfort them because that's all they need. They don't yeah. require you to yeah. literally do hurdles down the no exactly they don't need that much entertainment they generally sleep on the flight um we found the ergo baby carriers oh it would have been when when she was first born we used the wrap carriers Mm -hmm. but then when she was maybe from like four or five months on we would just as soon as their um 
seatbelt sign was off, we yeah. would just put her in the carrier. She'd be against us. You know, if you have to stand up and jiggle a bit, you do. But generally she'd be happy for us to sit down. Yeah. And, you know, in the first two years they're free, pretty much free. Yeah. Uh, some of the air airlines tax. have an air tax that's like 30 bucks or something. They're free to travel. Like their clothes are small so yeah. they don't require much no. suitcase space. I just think if you can get as much travel in that first year before they're walking done, yeah. just 100%. And the good the good thing about flying interstate and flying from where we live to Melbourne is it's a two-hour flight and she was generally napping in two-hour blocks. So oh. we would just book a flight around her nap time, try and keep her awake until we got on, put her in their carrier when we got up in the air, um, mate, it sounds like me. Oh, it's like just a great dream. You could have twins. <laughs> oh, piece off. What's in there? It's just one. Thank uh, you very much. Um, yeah, so we've done a lot of travel to, to Melbourne and back. Um, we did a, when she was about four or five, did we do New Zealand or Tasmania first? We did New Zealand and Tasmania a month after one another when she was about somewhere between four to six months. So we did Tassie for two to three weeks and we did a road trip around Tassie but we um, took, because my parents are in Melbourne, we took one of their car, one of their four-wheel drives over on the Spirit of Tasmania. Um, So that was so convenient because we had all we had like all our stuff. That's a good idea. Because we could just I'm load it. Steal that yeah, idea. Seriously, because if you're well, my parents are lovely and have bought a lot of the same stuff that we have That's up here for them because because yeah. they like to be able to, you know, they, they, their your stuff there. We've got it all. Well, their thing was like, how can we make it so they come and visit us yeah. as much as possible? So they're like, okay, you have that bassinet. We'll get the same <laughs> one so she feels at home. Or like so you good. have that pram. So. Um, which is so, we're so lucky to have that. So we could just load the boot of the car up with our stuff and just take it over That's on the awesome. boat and it was awesome. Um, yeah, so we drove around there and that was great because she was still, she, she was a pretty happy kid in the car. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of driving. So I think if you have a, a child that hates being in the car, mm-hmm. it maybe would not have been so enjoyable. Um, but we would just, yeah, you know. Like how many hours would you drive for? Oh, like a max, like four or so in yeah. a day. Like nothing too, Tassie's pretty small, nothing yeah, yeah. too hectic, but we would just plan it around nap times yeah. and then you'd try and pick a place to, you know, it's about yeah. being organised as yeah. well, like pick a place that you want to stop for lunch that you've been eyeing off, but try and make it so that you're not unnecessarily waking them up. And once up again, to, you can with someone or a baby that is in that, that age bracket. Yeah, for sure. Because you're in control. Yeah, Whereas Poppy's age now, with her nearly being two, she'll sleep for an hour and a half to two hours max in a day. And, and not only that, it's in the middle of the once day. Once this little bun's arrived, then the whole system yeah. is, is thrown again yeah. and then you have to work out another routine. Yeah. Yeah. I travel a lot with um, the girls on my own to go right. to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. And I had to come up with, because they're 16 months apart when they were younger, I had to come up with a idea of keeping them both occupied yeah so i would always have these little um you know the takeaway cups with the lid on it coffee cup yeah yeah and i'd open that little slit a little bit more and we'd just put big coins in it and just keep 
filling it up, emptying it. Something yeah. so simple yeah. kept them occupied. Yeah. With a packet of sultanas yeah. and then a little surprise here and a little surprise there. Yeah. Do try and limit sugar because I find that they yeah. just go. It's the, like, we don't try and, I mean. We definitely. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna claim at all that Poppy's never fed packaged food because she definitely is at time. But you know, we try and limit it. I think on a flight. Oh yeah. It's like get cra- like not really sugary ones because then they'll go crazy. But like get crackers that they can Cheese, be excited biscuits. about opening the packaging. Like I just think it's that one time that you're maybe given some grace that like you're going to have to throw out mm. some packaging and I apologise for that to, I don't, me, to, to Mother <laughs> Earth. But I think that, yeah, snacks that they don't necessarily get at home, that are in packaging, that they see you're getting something new out for them and it's something different. And you app or game or a thing on the phone that you've downloaded on Netflix. Yeah, so I was going to ask you because um, Poppy's not quite at that age. Like she will grab our phone and like Poppy is now at an age that if I sat her in front of the television, she'd happily watch, especially if it's Wiggles. She's obsessed with Wiggles. I said I would never be a parent of a Wiggles lover and here we are. Um, Should we um, get Wiggles to sponsor an episode. Yeah, I think, so. I think they need us. Okay. I don't think they have enough of a following. No. Um, I don't think we've got enough groupies. No, I don't think um, and, but, but if we give her a phone, she just, like, taps and swipes about. I have something for you. Oh, do you now? I told this to my girlfriend the other day because her little one is 12 months hmm. and she's like, oh, he loves watching. Oh, what a surprise. The Wiggles. My children have never watched The Wiggles. But anyway. All right, and you're just Mother Teresa. No, they've watched a lot of foul crap. But anyway. <laughs> that doesn't mean they don't yeah. watch television. There's a lot of bullshit on there. But, um, yeah, so she's like, oh, he loves it. But every time he has my phone, like when you just need to sit for two seconds or mm. do something, he swipes out of it. Back in my day when I was, you know, trying to get the phone onto my child. In the Stone Age. Yeah, I was... Um, I'd have to come up with an app that would lock the phone screen. Mm. Now Apple have configured their own little thing where you can go into settings and lock the screen. So when you're watching Wiggles, Mm. you put this little screen lock on Mm. and they cannot, they can fluff around as much as they want, but they have to, they can't get out of the app, can't get out of it. They just can watch it. Because I was seriously like I'm like all the things that Apple have come up with and Mm. there's no way to do this and I was going to give them a call Mm. and say, hey, I've got an idea for you but it's already. I gave them the idea. (laughs) And now now you're sitting on your pile of millions. Yes. Yeah. Okay, there you go. And what age do you reckon it is before you can really use like a screen on a I find that I don't like to throw YouTube kids at my children unless they're begging for it. So my girls loved Baby Einstein. It's Mm. a really intelligent educational um, channel that gives them, especially when they're babies, um, about like it has Mozart on it. It has all these different um, shapes, numbers, sounds, and it's very good for their um, learning and yeah. development. I put that on. They three out of three have loved it. Oh, yeah. um, Wait, so it, it, it entertains Yumi? Yeah. So at this age, so Yumi around yeah eight months, 
she is enthralled by it. Mia, I would have to, I was just thinking about this today actually, I remember having to, before smart TV was so smart, put it on a little USB and stick it into my TV and she'd sit there and watch it. So when we were renovating the house a few years ago, she'd sit there happily with her, her fruit sticks and veggies <laughs> and, <laughs> and watch this and I didn't feel guilty because yeah. she's actually becoming really, really smart. There you go. And now she's a straight A student. So yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Baby Einstein. Um, Look it up. And is that an app or is that? I think it's an app. It's a website, but you can just YouTube it. You yeah. just write Baby Einstein YouTube. Yeah, it has you three can't really things. YouTube on a flight. That's just what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Well, you can download. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, then yeah. they do have the app where you can download yeah. different programs. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's really good. Um, oh, I was just going to say the, la the last main one. So, yeah, we've done Tassie. We've done the um, motorhome trip through New Zealand, which, yeah, we did it at an age. And because... Poppy was slash still is for the next couple of months and only child, you know, the motorhome trip for us was a lot easier because we could just go with whatever her routine was mm. and that was really great. One thing I would say and one thing I loved that you did was when you got into, um, when you got into, did you find Queenstown? Uh, no, Christchurch. Christchurch. For when you got to New Zealand, you and the girls went to an a bed and breakfast close by to the airport yes. while Nick went and learnt all about the van. I think that's a great idea because we went straight to where the van was. Um, and, like, you know, Poppy's just been on a flight. She's Congrats over it. She wants to explore. She doesn't want to sit there while we learn all about the motorhome. Um, so we kind of rushed through it. Um, that night it got down. We were in Arrowtown, which is just out of Queenstown. It got to, I think, like negative two or negative mm. three. We woke up in the morning and there was snow all over the ground. Um, when I say we woke up in the morning, we barely slept because <laughs> we uh, didn't listen um, properly on how to turn the heating on inside. So we were fucking freezing. Like, I mean frozen. Like, poor Poppy. We were, like, trying to rug her up, rug her up, but, like, also for her to be safe. And I was oh. like, the doona shouldn't really be on her. Mm. Um, yeah, just so cold. So I would say to be to be able to get the most out of your vehicle, mm. um, it's best to maybe send one of you yeah, with the, the kids kid. and one of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, we stayed at a cute little place that had a park and we went and got some food, came back and he actually took two hours because yeah. it's a video. Then he came, he rocked up, <laughs> opens the door. The kids are like, woohoo, it's finally here. And he goes, oh, my God, I forgot the car seats. I've got to go back. And he went back. Beep, 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 mother ever. <laughs> but um, then we finally got on board. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say was... I have one more trip to talk about. Oh, sorry, doll. The main one. The what? big shebang. We went to Japan for a month. I thought we talked about we Japan. We didn't really. No, just little bits and pieces. Okay, so. It was the trip of our lifetime. Oh, So let me just talk tell me about more. it. No, we went to Japan when Poppy was 11 months old um, for a month, which was absolutely amazing. It looked amazing. Um, I think already the trip would be so different with her age now. Mm. I think we literally went at the perfect time. She was 
old enough that she was quite predictable. She still, um, like, she could still sleep on the go. Um, so she would mainly she would sleep in the carrier on us when it was time um, or she would, like, sleep in the travel pram. Um, and... Um, yeah, it, but she couldn't walk yet. I think it would be so different now. She was happy to be dragged to, like, a random those? temple or, you know, yeah. like she was old enough that, um, I mean, my, my child is very into food, so she was literally, like, scoffing ramen. Um, it was just the absolute best. Uh, if you have a child of that age and you're interested in going to Japan, like, I could Did not recommend it. bars? Like, there's like three people in a bar. Oh, in Golden Guy. Yeah. I had been there. Um, I had been to Tokyo once before with some friends and we went there that time. And then Nick had um, some friends who were there at the same time bus and he actually met up with them that night and okay. went there. But I stayed with Poppy. Um, but they're really cool. And usually yeah. when you were out at that age, yeah. she, obviously it depends on what child you had. Like if yeah. I took Billy at that age, she would have just blown my nuts off. But oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> what a kid. Yeah. <laughs> what a winner. Um, but, you know, Yumi's a little bit different and Mia was a bit different too. Do you find that when you went out to dinner, she would happily just sit there and cruise? Yeah, so if we went really early, she'd sit there and cruise and eat. Yeah. And if we we kind of either timed it that we would go early enough that she'd sit there and cruise or we'd go late enough that hopefully like on the walk to dinner um, she would fall asleep in the carrier and she would stay asleep on us. So we ate like noodles. I can't explain. <laughs> I saw the noodle. I can't I explain love the, noodle the amount of like. You got to look at um Sophie's Instagram. She's got a. I'm not plugging it. Well, I am plugging it now. Plug it. SVP is. But um, there's all these highlights of her trips and the Japan one's fabulous. Yeah, so that trip was just amazing. Like when we think of the best memories we've had so far with Poppy, like. Pretty much all of them come from that trip. But I would say if you're not comfortable with your child being photographed or videoed by strangers, <laughs> reconsider because <laughs> you have blonde hair and blue eyes oh, and you're yeah. in Asia, they are going to yeah. want to photo. Yeah. And they and they don't mean to do it in like a creepy way or anything, but if one person asks for permission and gets permission, the entire cafe will That's be cute. around your child. Um, and another thing was if we were at a meal and Poppy wasn't asleep, most of the time we would both be able to sit there with our hands free anyway because someone would have, like, come and picked her up and be playing with her and, like, so great. Um, so but if, obviously if we went back with Poppy now, we would probably have to get a babysitter more often if we wanted to eat out because it just wouldn't be as possible but yeah why is she ugly now and people don't want to be anymore um so we're gonna run through some dot point questions that got sent through um a little while ago i mean a lot of them we've already answered um and then if any stories of specific trips come up from them then we'll delve into them um well, I think the plain tips and tricks, what to expect, we've sort of really gone over. Yeah. Um, low expectations. Yeah. Don't take too much on for yourself. Um, new things for them to enjoy. I think what you said about 
not giving the YouTube until they beg for the YouTube. Yes. I think don't do anything until they're asking Especially for it. Especially food. Don't even tell them you've got food. Yeah, until they ask for it. Or, like, don't try and hold off walking down that aisle yeah. as long as you can. Like, if they're of walking age, mm. because once they realise the aisle's there and you're going to let them walk in it, mm. that's the rest of your flight. <laughs> I was just thinking about my marriage. That was the rest of your life. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, that's exactly right. That's pretty much If you could get to the airport a little bit early and um, ask if there's any rows that have the three seats left, that's best. Try and get up the front seats. Um, you often have to pay like a little bit extra. Um, but I would focus more on getting up the front than worrying about the bassinet. Take the car seat if you are travelling in a, um, a car. Oh, this is one thing where we differ. I've never taken my travel pram. I've I've always just checked it in, whereas you're an overhead yes. luggage gal. I am Talk new me to through this. this. I don't think it's necessary if you have one. Yeah. But if you have multiple bags, travelling on your own with kids. Multiple bags or multiple kids. Multiple bags and kids <laughs> and baggage um, and you're on your own or you have, you know, kids and shit. Yeah. Um, you need a stroller because either Billy or Yumi, someone sits out, someone's in the ergo, someone's in the pram, then you've got a clip that hooks onto that travel pram. I used the um the Edwards and Co. travel pram, which I thought was brilliant. It folds yeah. up into a little bag, it weighs seven kilos, and you can put it um in the above stow carriage. Yeah, so I use the um the baby zen the yo yo baby oh, yeah. zen pram and I really like that too because I feel like it's really sturdy, really light, folds down really small. And when we went to Japan, you can get a little foot muff thing that don't laugh at the word muff um, that you can attach inside and it's like a fleecy oh, yeah, thing that you put them in yeah and yeah. a lot of people have asked me when they see me traveling with that little pram I have a sheepskin insert I get them you can get them from any baby store but it's good my husband thinks that it doesn't cool them down in um, summer but it is supposed to do like you know cool it does both yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, they are really good because it just makes it that extra bit more comfortable while they're in a little travel yeah. pram and not their main one. But, um, the other thing, God, it's hot in here. It is hot. Um, we need, we need a sheepskin to lie on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a sheepskin. I've got a sheep. I just don't have the skin. No. Um, yeah. So up until. Oh, the... no, I found it. Sorry. The other thing that I wanted to mention, depending on where you're traveling, prams are different. So when I was traveling in Europe and there was cobblestone streets, I found that I needed a more um, terrain wheel. And I, <laughs> Sophie just shooed me away from the microphone because I was knocking it. Anyway, just had to let you know. <laughs> um, I use the Mountain Buggy Duo. It is the same size. If you've got two kids that are young and don't want to walk, I highly recommend this pram. It is. It sits in the same um, single door as any normal pram would, so it's really slim line. Has two children either side. Has the um, the tile all terrain wheel. Yeah, the all terrain. Yeah, and it has the. Um, 
you probably just need to have a little pump just in case and a spare one, a spare wheel if it pops, but mine never did. And we took it everywhere and had yeah. no problem because I remember on all these forums in Europe, they're like, don't take a pram, get stuck, it's a pain. Strollers, strollers, plastic wheels, they are annoying. But yeah. this one was brilliant. So, yeah, yeah I highly recommend that. Because I would say in Japan we didn't use the um, – the pram a great deal mm. because um, the cities have lots of stairs down to their train, um, mm. their subways and stuff. So we used um, the Ergo carrier heaps there and because Poppy slept really well in it. So it is worth um, speaking to people who have been where you've been yeah. so that you aren't, you know, especially in Japan because we were travelling a lot by train, the less you can travel with the better because you are literally Literally yeah. carrying that stuff around with less you. Less is more. Um, less is more. Whereas if you're doing a road trip style thing, you've got a boot yeah. or whatever, so you can take a bit more with you. TripAdvisor is a really good um, website when you just want to know a, a bit about the area you're going and is it good for prams. A lot of parents have put a lot of information on there, good or bad, but it's still worth a check if you're wanting to do that before you go. So, yeah, I think that's the main things for the plane, though. Mm. Sometimes I do a sneaky and book the aisle and the window. Oh, you're cheeky. Um, rather than two seats next to one another because often no one's going, like if there's options, people aren't going to pick a middle seat. Um, and then what if, if your flight do? happens to be full, well, no one is ever going to yeah. not swap with you. You just, ignorance is bliss yeah. and you pretend that you accidentally did it and if anyone is not going to swap with you for an aisle or window seat and sit between two parents with a child, then they're just nuts. So anyway, um, babysit. yeah, and they can babysit. So that's one thing if you want to try and get a full row to yourself. Or have more children and you'll get a full row. I mean, easy to control. <laughs> I'm, that's, I mean, that's the that's only reason enough. that we decided to conceive another it. one. Yeah. But, yeah, I do think that I will um, take a travel pram um, on the flight more once the second baby comes because, obviously, you're juggling yeah. two rather than just having the one in the yeah. carrier. So, yeah. Jet lag. Well, I haven't dealt with it really because um, Japan, when we went, was only a two- or three-hour time difference. So it's not Good. something. Yeah. I mean, which was another, it was another draw card of the place. Yeah. Seriously. This episode is sponsored by Japan. That's not Japanese. Mm -hmm. No, that's Mandarin. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I know too much. And she always acts so worldly. Oh, You're not. I am. I'm so worldly that I don't even know what language I'm speaking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you tell us about jet lag. Um, worldly. <laughs> worldly. Um, yeah, it's shit. And you wake up like all throughout the night and you just go with it. You let them watch movies. Oh, sorry. I've had jet lag. I've just never dealt with kids. Yeah, with no, that's what I'm talking oh, about. Sorry. I'm just saying that they have, you know, they, they do wake up early and they do, you know, want breakfast at weird times, but you just sort of let them, you just gradually merge like you would when you have jet lag yourself and you just go with it. I wouldn't get up and be like starting the day if it was 2am. I'd just let them lay in our bed and do some quiet time and it took a few days and then we were okay. So I think definitely if you're going overseas, 
a minimum of two weeks um, being there because by the time you're travelling, check, you know, um, doing the the jet lag, getting over that, you need you need time. God, I think for adults, minimum two weeks. But well, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I would do minimum for kids three weeks. Minimum. Yeah, yeah. But that's not maybe um, realistic no, no, no. for everyone. But, and so what do you say? Do you think sticking to your normal routine but in the new time zone is as the much, best way to get them into it? Yeah, or as best you can. So, yeah, as best you can. I And this is my own experience, obviously. I'm sure a lot of people have different ways of coping with jet lag, but I just try to do my own, um, yeah, routine at home. And we we merge it like we would get up in in Paris at it was just before the bakery opened so it mm. was like four thirty a.m. but we got the freshest croissants. Oh, that's good silver lining. I know. And then we'd walk to the Louvre, walk around there, and by the time we got home, we'd all go back to sleep. Yeah. Then it would get a little bit easier, a yeah. longer, and yeah. yeah, we got there, but it was okay. Yeah. You've just got to have sympathy for them though, because I guess um. I didn't experience good and proper jet lag until a a few years ago when Nick and I were going to Italy and we stopped over in London for a few nights. And I we sound so stupid. Why we're just like Italy, Japan. Um, Where well, it's about travel. If people don't hear about travel, then then click the wrong episode. Okay, okay, okay. Um. Mate, I'm not the one saying ni hao when we're talking about Japan. <laughs> that um, is stupid. That is stupid. But I, before that, was just like, oh, yeah, jet lag's being tired. But this was, you get, like, fully anxious. It was kind of how I felt at the start of this pregnancy. Really anxious, really sick, so tired. You're, like, walking through honey. Like, yes. everything is thick and really... Really, really, and this was before we had kids, um, really difficult. And I remember we went out our first night in London, we went out for a really, really nice meal. It was like our first night mm-hmm. there. I was, shit you not, micro napping. I think we got a pork chop and yes. I was micro napping and Nick was sitting across the table from me and he's like, babe, your head nearly hit the pork that time. And we'd ordered this like beautiful bottle of wine and I could not touch it because I was just like, I was so out of sorts. Oh. So you do, you have to have such sympathy for them because they, I mean, as much as you're probably feeling like crap at the same time, like they, their poor little bodies are just so confused. And I found on the way home, um, I found on the way home from, um, from Europe, we did a stopover in Abu Dhabi, and when we stopped, I had, I was already um, jet lagged, and I had a migraine. I felt exactly that horrible, yeah. horrible feeling, and um, we had to get the kids, you know, in the hotel, and yeah. Um, but then we had a really nice, you know, little um, stopover, yeah. which broke it up, which was nice. It was the first and time we had because the time difference isn't as yeah. Different. So we're starting to it get was back easier. to yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Jet lag just sucks. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. Yeah, it does. I mean, and it takes time. Routine while you're away. There's no look. I think if you have one, you can. I agree. If you have one, like, because in Japan we managed to keep the routine going, but the thing that was good was Poppy would happily 
sleep in the carrier. So routine didn't mean we had to vacuum the mm. hotel for her naps. I think at that age she was napping once in the morning and once at night. So we tried to make it that we would go somewhere for breakfast at the same time, um, be somewhere out and about where we were walking around while she was napping yeah. and then, you know, have lunch at the same time and then, you know, because you're sightseeing and stuff, it's easy to be walking around. Um, so I think if you have one and they're of, you know, that pre-12-month age, you really can stick to the routine. Yeah. I think if we went away with Poppy now and wanted to stick to a routine, we would have to come back to the hotel room or wherever we were staying for her to have that nap. Um, but I guess that all changes once you've got kids that are on different routines. And that I, I think you still just, you go more so with the baby. Yeah. Like the other two will adapt. We'll do everything we can, but when yeah. she needs a good nap and that gives us a break yeah. anyway, then we will probably go back to wherever we are for that nap. Look, I think the nicest thing about travelling with kids is that it forces you to travel slower. Mm. Um, I think so often... Um, you know, because you do feel like there's so many places in the world to see or when you're somewhere, oh, there's so many places to see there. It's so easy to come home from a holiday feeling like you need a holiday. Yeah. And I think the best thing about travelling with kids, and I'm not saying in any way it's more relaxing than travelling pre-kids, but you do really have to slow down and you do have to feel the vibe of the family and go, okay, this is what we were planning on doing today, but is it actually realistic and are any of us actually going to win enjoy it mm. or are we just trying to tick something off a list exactly. and I think that's cool because I think pre-kids you can be like okay so we're like in this city and we really wanted to do this this and this neither of us can be fucked today but we're still going to do it because that's what we wanted to do whereas mm. I think it's so cool with kids it's like no nah, we've got to go back to the hotel room and have a nap we have to cancel our plans today because da 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 well, doesn't feel up that's to right. it that's right and, and it just makes more memories doesn't it yeah um all right, and another thing people wanted to know about were any tips on packing. Yeah. Well, You're quite a pedantic packer. <laughs> yeah, I am quite a pedantic packer. Um, my number one favourite thing to do is use space bags and they are plastic, sorry world, but they are and they are reusable and basically what you do is you fold your items how you want to see them at the other end. So fold everything how you want it. Um, you get a vacuum, you open the little nozzle bit, you suck all the air out so it goes pretty much three times as um, small. <laughs> three times smaller. <laughs> yes. And then after that, when you get to your final destination, you unzip and it puffs out. And someone said, do they, are they crinkled? But they're not crinkled because it literally keeps exactly how you've had them. So basically yours would be freshly ironed and mine would be crinkled because I don't own an iron. So they'd go in crinkled and they would come out crinkled. Quick question. Are mm. you a scruncher or a folder? Toilet paper. Yes. Scruncher. Yes, so am I. But I am, I don't. Folding freaks me out. Surely yeah. your finger pops through. Yeah. Every now and again. Just like, <laughs> Surprise! But yeah, since props, Sophie. Um, we're not talking about poo. No. 
So I don't use a space bag, but I do compartmentalise. So I think I can still do it while Poppy's so, like, she's little, so all her clothes are little. So I use, you know, nowadays if you buy clothes online, they generally come in those little, like, linen Mm. totes and stuff. So I um, separate all her different items into different bags. I'll have, like, pants in one, tops in one, shoes in one. That's a good idea. So then I'm not just... Constantly, yeah, because like, it is annoying once you them. open that space bag. Yeah, I was <laughs> no, the only perk can you get your phone off? Sorry, um, yeah, the only thing about that is when you do like if you were going to a final destination holiday for two weeks, mm. that's brilliant because you're going to pull it out and put it in a drawer. Yeah, if you're traveling like camping or um, going different places, multiple places, mm. then your option would be way better. Yeah. Yay, are we in one? Okay, one point um, to Sophie. One point to Sophie. Yeah, and then I, another thing, another tip I would give for ca- uh, for camping, for packing that I um, have learnt over time is to not lay everything out and have outfits planned, but just make sure that items can go together. Yeah, don't don't yeah. pull bloody that old jumper that you were like. Oh, I haven't worn that for ages. I'm totally going to wear that. You're never going to wear it. Just no. put it away. Put it back <laughs> where it came from, in that little tunnel of that little tiny place in your closet. Same yeah. with all the kids' clothes. Yeah. Oh, Billy hasn't worn this ever. There's a reason for it. Don't pack it. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Just make sure that things go together and that there's, you know, like that it's, there's not a set of pants that only go with like one jumper. So then once that one jumper's dirty and it's probably going to take you five days to wash it again. But some people some people aren't, don't have this mindset. Some people are. Everything goes with everything. Yeah. yeah, especially when it comes to kids. And have you met my middle child? She just puts odd socks different skirts matching tops it i my my mind i have a very plain mind and that well maybe not maybe in this department and that like you like neutrals but she likes extra i have always been a basic neutral person black white beige Mm. how boring but i have been Mm. and this child she just wear and it's cool it's so cool but i can't actually create her like I couldn't pack for her. I yeah. wouldn't know how to do that. Yeah, and I think if you do have a, a picky kid when it comes to clothing, like try and pack alongside them so you are packing things that they will wear. Yeah. But yeah. put yeah, throw out those things that they always like, oh, I'm gonna wear that purple shirt that's got five holes in it. <laughs> that's what my husband does. Someone else asked how to um, keep your cool when your kids are losing their shit when they're traveling. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> What is the answer? And that's the end of the episode. Thank you for <laughs> sending all your responses. Well, I think that I think that most things when you're travelling are, are much the same as when you're at home, just harder. <laughs> but you're going to deal with the exact same things, and I think you do need to deal with things how you would deal with them. At it home. it just comes back to expectations. If you have them lowered and go in on an aeroplane, thinking you know what. It could just be really hard work and it is what it is. The kids are going to be up and down. I'm going to have to just follow them. We're going to have to do this. If you've got that mentality that I feel that, you know, it's going to be an easier thing for you to deal with. Otherwise, I feel that if you were like, you know, all worked up because all your plans didn't go how you wanted them, 
then you're going to be in this state. Yeah. And it's going to stress you out more because you're actually around random people. Mm. So you can't really, you know, yell at them like you actually do at home. <laughs> well, maybe you will, but, you know. Yeah. You do you. But, no, we have no, um, yeah, but we've got no magic wand of how to make your children um, behave when you're away. Just do whatever you do when you're at <laughs> yeah true 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 yeah is there any places that you wouldn't travel with kids yes um one place springs to mind i mean this is there's plenty of places i've never traveled before that i also wouldn't necessarily travel to with children like dangerous <laughs> places and things like that but in terms of places that I've been to like the Wiggles um, concert <laughs> that we had so much fun don't okay. even okay that was like one of the highlights of my bloody life okay um one of the places that we've been to which is it's such a shame that I could never go back there with kids because like as a country culture food etc I think it's great but um it's Morocco oh, because wow. um Nick and I were just we got so sick and unfortunately every person I've spoken to who's been there had such a similar situation to us that it's not even like I think we could go back and just be careful next time. Like I just think that that's the way it unfortunately goes. Um, And I remember when we were in the thick of it over there Nick and I turned to one another and we were there on our honeymoon um you know no kids yet not pregnant yet um in a loved up bubble like being a doctor myself I remember we spoke to some other tourists when we were there and they were like oh you know like what have you brought to help you and literally I was in such an ignorant loved up bubble that all I took away with us on our honeymoon was like a sheet of Nurofen and a sheet of Panadol like I had no anti-sickness tablets no gastro stop nothing it's just an absolute idiot and and I remember we turned to one another on point and just said oh my gosh, imagine doing this with kids. And it was just, it was five days of out both ends. People thought we were going to come back from the trip, you know, announcing our pregnancy. <laughs> I was like the only fit, like there wasn't enough time to conceive a baby because we were too busy how, tag so teaming it on and off the toilet. Five days. Oh my God. It was awful. That is honestly the creepiest thing ever. The creepiest. Well, I had nearly a similar story about Morocco. Yeah. Pre-kids, Harry and I went to Morocco as well. Yeah. And we decided to have a tagine and um, then we decided, oh, let's go with our other two friends, a couple, um, on a on a Sahara desert uh, tour. And we got on the bus. We went an hour out and my husband was like, I feel sick. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You always get car sick. It's fine. He's like, no, 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 this is sick. Next minute he is projectile vomiting. I have a photo of it out the bus window, just his head. And all these people are on the bus watching him do this. We had to stop every, I think, 20 minutes because he had to spew. Mm. Then it went the other end. 
So it just got to the point of it being so bad throughout the day mm. that we had to stop at, in the middle of nowhere, it was in the desert, a, a hospital. So I carried him in and I laid him down and this doctor walks in with Ray-Ban sunglasses on and he's like, you need to go and get this, this and this down the, um, at the pharmacy. So I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll be back. I'm walking down the middle of nowhere and I stop and think to myself, what am I doing? Like what if yeah. something happens to me? No yeah. one's going to know because no. these guys are sick. So I turned around and I said to my the driver of all the people on the tour, would you mind doing me a favour and getting me this stuff from the, um, the pharmacy? And he dropped all these people off to have a really long lunch. They had to wait three hours for us to be done at the hospital while our lovely little bus driver, Muhammad, went and got our stuff. It was a drip. He had to go get the stuff for the drip. So then I had to hook it up. I don't know what the doctor was doing there. Did he put the needle in? He put the needle in. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. And then my... My husband was like, I need to go to the toilet. So I go, all right, I take him out. I open the toilet door. The whole toilet is covered in blood. The walls, the floor, it was absolutely vile. So I take him outside. Blood? Yeah, it was just disgusting. I took him outside. He lays down in the dirt because he's that depleted and he shits himself. And vomits at the same time. There are flies buzzing around those areas. And it would have been so hot. It was hot. Yeah. I had to pick up his ball sack and wipe him clean. Oh, holy shit. And that was the moment that I said, baby, if I can do this, we are going to be together forever. (laughs) And here you are. And here we are. No, but then we ended up going into the desert the next day. They felt better. Yeah, for them, I got sick. So he was up um, throughout the night reading a book with his torch. Every time I needed to go, he'd take me out and I'd dig a little hole. It was horrendous. The first night mine hit, we were in a desert glamping situation and I was getting, like, lucky there was, like, flushable toilets. It was, it was like, a bit luxe. There was no climate was control. No digging the sand hole there was no wiping. climate control but there was, like, a, a flushable toilet um, and I g- was getting up so much to go to the toilet and the next morning I was like, oh, God, sorry, I must have kept you awake last night. And um, Nick's like, oh, no, 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 like, I fully understand. Like, you must have felt horrible but, like, the moaning and groaning got a bit much. So, like, I, you know when you feel so sick and you just lie in bed and you just it feels so good to just go, oh. Anyway, the next day he gets it. That yes. night he's like, oh. And he's like, oh, it feels so good to have, like, yeah, I think it's just to have control over something. Yeah, like when you're giving and birth. He, and he's like, sorry that I told you not to, like, moan last night, like, it feels, it's the only thing that feels good. And so we both just lay there in bed, not in any kind of kinky way, moaning together. I had to I had to get back on a fucking camel after that. Oh, we went on a mule ride like three days later, still not quite right. It and took I was an like, hour to get back and I said I can't 
do this on my own because my stomach was that sore. Yeah. So I side saddled on with Harry on a camel and we had to go all the way back. That sounds romantic, yeah, apart was... from the fact that you had skid marks in your undies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have undies by the end of it. Well, on that note. <laughs> I think we've I think that, made a wrap. I think that wraps things <laughs> up. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed our Travel With Kids podcast and you got a little bit of information. If you need to know any other um, tips or tricks or recommendations or... Google it. (laughs) No, you can message us. Yes, of course. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.